What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui from Upper Hand Fantasy. We got Fantasy Flojo in the house. What's good, man? Th- thanks for joining. If you don't know Joe, by the way, uh, you know if you're on, if you're on Instagram, you know if you're following my content, you probably have seen Joe's content as well. He puts out great stuff. Uh, he goes by the name of Fantasy Flojo on Instagram. He's joining us. Uh, we're gonna go over. Uh, some serious early values. Uh, we're using underdog ADP, of course, uh, but we want to go over a bunch of values, and Joe has a, bu- a few values that he wants to talk about. I have a few values that I want to talk about, but first of all, Joe, thank you for joining, man. Uh, hope you're doing well. How's everything? Yo, man, I, Faraz, I appreciate you. Uh, always a pleasure to, to link up with you know, some, someone of your status on IG, man. You're, 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 top, you're top shelf, and uh, you know, just just looking to looking to add a little bit of flavor to uh, what you already got going on. So, I'm doing I, great, man. Thank I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, I have no doubt that you're gonna be adding flavor, dude. That, that's that's why I want. <laughs> that's why I wanted you to I wanted to have you on because uh, that's exactly what you bring, man. So, um, Joe has a segment that he's bringing on to, and we'll talk about that segment after we get through the values. Uh, but we want to, you know, really get right into it. Um, and, and, and I have three values that I'm going to talk about. Joe has three values that he wants to talk about. And listen, Joe, you're, you're, you're the guest here, man. I'm going to let you do the honors. Uh, hit me with your first value. Go for it. Okay. Well, if people, you know, have, have been riding with me on IG, man, they know how close of a connection I got with my boy Cam Akers. Okay. He is going to be the first dude I'm going to talk about. And, uh, my first dynasty ever, I think was his rookie year. And uh, I drafted Kyler and him in a super flex, and he's kind of had that special place in my heart, man. And, uh, you know, it took a while for him to get going uh, that rookie year. And then obviously we all know what happened last year, unfortunately. Um, but I'm just going to talk to a few things about Cameron right now uh, from the last time when I did my research. Underdog ADP has him at 45, okay? That's about the late fourth. Uh, some players that are kind of going around him, we got Zeke, we got DJ Moore, we got Jalen Waddle. I threw Patty Mahomes in there just because. Um, but it doesn't really translate. And where, where I see Cam Akers, man, so here's the deal. To me, legit three down back. And I know you talked about him a little bit earlier, uh, but McVay likes to run that one back type of deal. All right, I think when Hendo and Sony were on the, on the field last year, it was at least a 60% snap share for those RBs. So he's going to run with them. To your point too, McVay trusts him, right? He came off that Achilles. what they do, man? Here's the keys, bro. Go ahead and do your thing. He didn't look great, Okay. It was, it was, I think, top three or four run defenses and all those matchups. You know, he is – my man's coming off a major surgery, fastest to ever get back on the field. So we like his college tape. We like his pedigree. We like everything about him, and we liked what he showed on his rookie year. Okay, so there's so much lining up, not to mention a top five offense. Uh, sign me up, man. Put, put me in the backfield of Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, that defense, right, if they're running with some leads – my man's eating clock, man. He's getting goal line love. He's nice out of the backfield. I just think right now there is a nice window to buy because recency bias, right? People saw what they saw last year, and they're like, I'm out on Acres, man. He looks terrible. He looks sketchy. I want no piece of that. But to me, that's an opportunity to buy. And like I said, man, I'm a little biased. He's my boy from way back. So I believe in him. I believe in his tape. I believe in his skill set. I believe in the team. I believe in his opportunity share, and I believe – my man is going to return heavy value right now in the late fourth. I'm I'm taking homeboy in the third, but uh, you might need to pull me back a little bit. So, no, I you know I totally get it, man. Like the talent 
we know what the talent level was right was like. You know, people were willing to take take him. If he didn't get hurt, you know, before the season started, uh, you know, and I know a lot of people drafted him if they drafted early. Um, you know, he was going at like the one two turn second round last year for a reason, right? Because McVay yeah. was going to use him as his three down as their three down back. A lot of people were talking up Dale Henderson, but at the same time, like I'm somebody who is going to give K makers the benefit of the doubt in terms of the fact that he only came back after a few months, right? Like he only had a few months, uh, you know, coming back after that surgery. So if I'm going to judge, I can't judge him based on that, right? One, one takeaway that I can like take away from that whole situation was Sean McVay was like rushing him back as soon as he can. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember, but his rookie year, he was doing the same thing, right? Cause K makers was hurt when he got back. He was like, okay, everybody, your, your your time, you know, yeah. uh, great you. job, thank yeah. you. Uh, but yeah. Cam Akers is here, and we're gonna try to get him on the field. So second second year, he did the same thing, coming off an Achilles. Okay, so Sean McVay wants him on the field, like you said. So that right there, uh, you know, is one uh, reason why you know I I I understand that the range of possibilities for Cam Akers is is high. It, like he has high upside, you know, because of the offense and all that. Now. I have him at RB17 uh, in my rankings. He is being taken. He's the RB18 on underdog. So in terms of value, like I get it. Now, am I taking him over a couple of the wide receivers that are being take, you know, taken around that spot? I could see it. Um, I'm not going to have a ton of Cam Akers this year just because of where he's going, You know, the risk that he presents. Uh, it, it doesn't outweigh all the other guys going around him. Right. That's That's the only thing with him. But Here's the thing, like if he falls, right, and, and a lot of people are going to be uh, understandably, you know, risk averse when it comes to him. If he falls at the end of the third, early fourth round, it's possible, you know, a lot of home leagues, um, you kind of have to take that shot, right? Especially, you know, given the fact that, like, you, t- you, you talk about position scarcity. If you end up drafting him, you know, at the RB20, RB21 spot, you know, you're kind of drafting him at his floor, right? So, like at that point, you're only you're only you only have upside, you know, to chase. Um, so I'm cool with taking him around then. Uh, but in terms of like him being a value right now, um, he's a value in terms of like where his upside's at. So at least he's being drafted where there is room for upside, and that's that's how I do like the draft. I don't like the draft guys where you're like, all right, well, there's no room for him to him to move up. In this case, is there? Top 12 upside in him this year? Yeah, of course, because he's he could be a three-down back in a top-five offense, like you said. Um, so I, I, I hear you, and I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. Word. But real quick, I'll just add this, because I, I remember watching a recent video of you, and if I'm not mistaken, the whole point and what we're trying to do in this fantasy football game is win a chip, right? So I'm shooting for upside, and I'm trying to win my league, and it's players like this that are going to pay those dividends based on where you take them that give you an opportunity to do that. And I agree 100% with you, man. Like, that, that that's what I'm about, man. If I crash and burn, I'll lick my wounds. And, you know, I, I think I did, a, you know, I cracked the egg on my head last year because I was all over Saquon, man, and, and that didn't turn out too well. So Wait, I'm was, that, a, was that an actual punishment? It was, yeah, we had a bet. Um, I don't know if it was top five or seven, but and, – and, and here's the thing, gotcha. man. Uh, the dude – Stepped on. Tell me in that Saints game, you were like, yo, 
this dude is back and he was just, and it just freaks man it was just unlucky Terrible. man it was just unlucky i mean he stepped on a dude's foot like you know he was on his way he was on his way back Boy, you know it, it's super unfortunate you know and like even in the game where he tore the acl right i had him on so many teams that year um and i still won a couple tips that year by the way but like you know, I, I he 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 <laughs> a little humble brag there, <laughs> you know. And it's funny because like you know, so many people complain about like Christian McCaffrey burning them and stuff like that, and they just need somebody to blame, and they're just like, I'm gonna blame that guy because that guy ruined my chances. But anyway, that's a that's a that's a story for another day. But like, <laughs> yeah, you know, with Saquon, like he was looking good, man. Like he was on his way, dude. Like, you know, so it it, it it's just unfortunate, you know. Like, and and I really wanted to prove people wrong in terms of like his his offensive line and offense being bad and all that. Uh, but anyway, we're, and him still being able to overcome. But anyway, I, I, I digress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but all right, so let's move on to the next one. But I totally agree with you, man. You got to go go for the win, you know, and that's part of the reason why I have Christian McCaffrey at my 101, right, because of this that same thing. And that's what I was talking about. That's where you, where you bring that up from, right? So one guy like that I am uh, really bullish on this year is Allen Robinson, okay? Al Robinson, you know, he's being drafted as the wide receiver 24 at the 4-5 turn, okay? And at the 4-5 turn, like, listen, we were, we were hoping and wishing that Al Robinson would get a quarterback, right? Like his whole career, right? Yeah. And it finally happens, and everyone's like, I'm good. I'm good. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, yo, he was a wide receiver one, top 12 guy in 2019. He was a top 12 guy in 2020, finished as a wide receiver one. Last year... He mailed it in. I Listen, man, I know this is a conspiracy theory. I don't care. I think he mailed it in, okay, because he didn't want to get franchised again, right? Like the Bears, you know, if he balled out, what, what, what were the Bears going to do? Just let him walk? You know what I'm saying? Like he might have been franchised again. And Al Robinson was like, hell no. I'm good. I want to get out of here. He wasn't even running his routes. Like he mailed it in, right? So that's my theory. Um, he got a solid contract in, in, in L.A. He wants to win a Super Bowl. We saw what OBJ did last year, and Allen Robinson is a better player than OBJ is. All right, so I believe that he's going to be able to work work throughout the entire field. Sean McVay is one of the best guys when it comes to scheming wide receivers open. Right, so we see that with Cooper Cup. Obviously, he literally has the best position. If in, in, you know, if anybody has the best role in all of fantasy football or all of and the NFL among wide receivers, it's Cooper Cup. Because, like, defenses can't do anything about it. And it's really, like, listen, I want to give Cooper Cup all the credit in the world, but this is a talent meets situation type of thing where it's just, like, magic happens, right? Look at Robert Woods, right? Like, very similar thing, too, where Sean McVay was able to elevate Robert Woods to, to this really, really good wide receiver. Uh, and in terms of production, I think he was producing more than he would have been producing anywhere else, you know, to be honest. That's what I think. Um, yeah. So I do think that Allen Robinson is going to come in. Listen, I have Allen Robinson as my wide receiver uh, 16, I think. I have, I have him pretty high. Like, uh, so I'm, I'm looking at him like a you know, mid to high-end wide receiver 2 next year. Um, and I, I think that this offense is going to really do him, do him well. Um, now, he has top 5, 15 upside for sure. And you're drafting him at a place where like, there's almost like, you know, you're drafting him at his floor. Pretty much wide receiver twenty four, right? Like, if he's a wide receiver three at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world because you know you grabbed him like relatively late. Um, but yeah, so uh, one argument that I've seen that there are there are too too many mouths to feed in LA. 
what, what what do you think about that? Do you think that there are too many mouths to feed in LA, and and, and how does that affect Allen Robinson? Well, first of all, bro, like we could just make this a giant love fest because I have been completely on board with right when they signed A-Rob. Like people forget, you know, A-Rob's an alpha one. Like my man, back shoulder, you talk about, you know, the, the way he attacks the ball, all his ball skills. My man is so good and we forgot. And I do agree with you. Like he completely mailed it in last year so he can get out of town. I, I don't think that's conspiracy theory. I think that's like, you can probably prove that. Just put the tape on Um so the, the only two things would be right would be age and is he washed? But like if my man mailed it in, I say no to both of those. So I 100% align with you in regards to mouth to feed. We've seen Robert Woods and Cooper Cup both eat before. So that, that's a complete fallacy in my opinion. Um, I love a robber. Like I said, it, it, this could be a giant love fest. We could just start giving each other bro hugs right now. Because <laughs> A-Rob, is, he's so good, man. And people forgot. And I really do believe like dude, I remember when like back in the day I had a work league. When he was on the Jags with, with Blake Bortles, man, and that dude won me a chip. Like that year, he was so legit, bro. Yep. So, like, I have envisions of that. I have envisions of him, like you said, being that wide receiver one with Mitch Trubisky and just garbage throwing him the rock. So, like, he's QB proof. Now he's in the best situation in his life with the best QB, with the best coach. Like, come on, man. Like, absolute steal. A Rob on all my teams this year. Hopefully, we're not in the league together because we'll be fighting for him. Hundred percent, man. I'm t- if we're in the league together, I'm taking them early. I don't care, man. Um, <laughs> hey, bro, we'll just we'll just ruin ADP for the whole draft. <laughs> I, I, I listen, in, especially in home leagues, people don't know what the hell I'm doing, right? They're just like, "What yeah. are you doing, man?" Like, I don't understand. Like, listen, I'm just going for my guys. That's it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, yeah man. Like, man. listen, it's gonna be Cooper Cup. It's gonna be Allen Robinson, and they're at the top of the pecking order, right? The target distribution is gonna be so like tightly distributed between those two guys. Like Tyler Higby is not going to demand targets. Van Jefferson is not going to demand targets. Like these running backs aren't going to command targets. So it's those two guys and, and that's it. Okay. And then everybody else falls, right? Alphas eat first. Always. Okay. So, all right, man, like let, let's get to the next guy that you have out of value. Let's do it. All right. So <clears throat> talk about another alpha that people forgot about. Okay, getting the best quarterback of his life. We got my boy Cortland Sutton. Okay, I think if I checked last, his his underdog ADP might have went down a little bit after we got the news of the Judy with the ah, with that groin strain. Um, but last time when I did my homework, he was forty one on uh, forty one on under, underdog. Okay, that's about the mid fourth. Um, receivers around him: Deontay Hollywood, Mike Williams. I'm taking him over all of them. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. Russell Wilson, I think before last year, never finished. Outside as outside of the top 12 QBs in his whole career. Okay, we see what he did with DK. He he matches up perfectly. Yes, there are more weapons in Denver. Yes, you have to bring up Jerry Judy. I agree all that. But in my opinion, Cortland Sutton, as far as what they're going to use him in the red zone, that deep bomb that Russ throws so beautiful, right? He has one of the best deep balls in the league. My man, look, 2019, 72, 1112 and six. That was with Joe Flacco and Drew Locke. Okay, like my man got it done. He already put it on paper. There's no questioning. Like Judy, can he do it? Is he nice? Yes, yes, but he hasn't done it. He hasn't put it together yet. Cortland Sutton has. Okay, so I love this dude. I love the the obviously the Russ signing. I think that offense as a whole is going to be really really nice. But I just think, dude, this guy is going to fall into ten to twelve touchdowns and easily get a thousand yards. And to me, that's going to return that nice value, similar to what we're talking about a Rob with. Um, they're, they're similar players, in my opinion. A-Rob might be a little nicer in and out of routes, a little more shakes, a little more quickness. But Cortland Sutton's ball skills, 
his size, man, and, and his outside Alpha One status, the dude is a beast. Go ahead and reach for him too. Yeah, 100%. And down the field, like you mentioned, like Russ, he was top five in deep throw percentage um, and top 10 in deep passer rating in five of his last six seasons. And, you know, he throws one of the best balls in the league. We've seen it with Tyler Lockett. We've seen it with DK Metcalf. And Corton Sutton, you know, he was third in yards per route run, uh, if you consider only deep, deep routes uh, in 2019 when he had that, you know, baller ass season. You know, um, he was also first in contested deep, deep targets, too, among all wide receivers. So, you know, this is kind of a match made in heaven. And that's why I do like him, uh, you know, more than I like Judy. Um, his ADP popped up like, you know, two, three spots, you know, since that Judy news a couple of days ago that, you know, he, he what was it? A soft tissue injury? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a groin. Yeah, groin. Okay, there you go. So a little, little soft tissue injury for, for Judy. Hopefully he's okay. Uh, but you know, you, you do want to, you know, you, you kind of do want to see this offense and where it could go because, you know, I'm a Russ truther personally, you know, and I think that he, he, he didn't get a fair shake over there in Seattle. People think that he's just a mediocre quarterback or a little bit better than mediocre. I think, you know, I, I actually compared Russell Wilson going to Denver. You know, I equated that to Matt Stafford going to L.A. I thought it was a very similar type of thing where I think that Denver can actually go pretty far, uh, you know, with Russ as their quarterback in year one. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. I have Sutton as my wide receiver 14. So like, I, I, am right there with you, dude, you know, borderline wide receiver one right there. Exactly. Man. High end wide receiver yeah. one, but listen, underdog isn't too far behind. Like, you know, the, the public isn't too far behind. They have him at wide receiver 18, you know, high end wide receiver. Uh, I'm sorry, mid RB two, mid wide receiver two. So, uh, but we do have him a little bit higher, which is, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly happy taking him where he's at. I have him on a lot of best ball teams. I have Allen Robinson on a lot of best ball teams. Uh, when I have both of those guys, you know, those are like two targets that I like because, you know, we do like him higher than consensus. So uh, it's easy to take them at a value. Um, so, yeah, man. All right. So I'm going to go into my next guy here. Uh, Brandon Cooks, man. Brandon Cooks, wide receiver 29 at the 5'6 turn. Okay. And listen, you're drafting him at the wide receiver 29, but this that's probably like the lowest, you know, you're ever going to see him. Because at the end of the day, like Brandon Cooks, he, he just gets it done, man. Like, you know, it's not the sexiest pick in the world, right? Like when you pick Brandon Cooks, it's not sexy. Like you don't feel amazing. You know, when you pick a guy like Jerry Judy or you pick a guy like, you know, Rashad Bateman, you know, sexy, right? Super sexy. But like, you know, Brandon Cooks, he balled out with Davis Mills last year. He really did. And people don't realize that, you know, he had four wide receiver one finishes last year, all with David Mills. Okay. Wide receiver one, top 12. He had 10 full games with Davis Mills. Uh, in those games, he averaged almost 10 targets per game, okay? Uh, nine and a half targets per game, to be exact. And that was seventh among all wide receivers. Um, and then you had, like, late in, like, I don't know if you remember, but Davis Mills, you know, he was out for a while. He came back, right, late in the in, late in the year. Uh, and I, they played together for, like, uh, three and a half games or something like that. And Cooks averaged 22.3 PPR fantasy points per game in those in those games, seven point ten point ten point seven targets per game. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. So, and then you consider the fact that they added no one. Like he's still the clear wide receiver one. He's going to be their target funnel, right? So he's going in the fifth round. Uh, he's being drafted as the wide receiver twenty nine. Um, but then you you look at like where he's finished over the past like seven years since two thousand fifteen. He hasn't finished lower than the wide receiver twenty. <laughs> right so like what are we doing here right like we you're gonna draft this guy as a mid wide receiver three uh and he's never finished lower than a wide receiver 20 so um 
he's going to easily outperform his ADP. Um, and by the way, Davis Mills, he, he showed some signs of life last year, like as a rookie. Like I think besides Mac Jones, I think he was probably the best rookie out of all the, the rookie quarterbacks last year. So, he, he, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he puts together a decent year. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. I think, like like you said, Cookie's, Cookie's ugly, right? He's like drafting David Montgomery. You're just yes. like, oh, I like that know, comp. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but the dude just shows up. He gets it done. And here's the thing, man. Davis Mills balled out. In my opinion, he looked way better than Mac Jones. You might want to break down the numbers because I know, you know, I, I think I kind of lean a little more to the eye test and then I got to go back and do a little homework. I know you said you like to balance the two. But when I saw Davis Mills, I was like, who the hell is Davis Mills? And then, like, you watch his tape. My man has a really, really nice arm, right? He's not elite by any means. He's putting the ball where it needs to be. He's sneaky athletic. He's a bigger dude, right? He can move a little bit. And, 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 and all Cookie does is get open. My man's always open. And if you give me 10 targets, always open with zero competition on a team that is going to be chasing points. Sheesh. Come on, man. Yeah, man. And, you know, that's a good point, man. You know, and, and the numbers do support, by the way, especially when Davis Mills came back at the end of the year, like those like four or five games that he was playing, uh, he was like number one in like almost every every stat in terms of like number of 300 yard games, passer rating, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, um, adjusted completion percentage. Touch, touchdown to interception ratio. I think he threw like nine touchdowns in the last five games or something like that. Four games. I don't know what it was. Nine, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. So he looked good. And like now that you, you said it, like if I'm thinking about it, you know, if if you were down, let's say you were down like 21 to 10 in the fourth quarter and you need somebody to sling it to win the game. Right. Last year, I would have probably took Davis Mills over Mac Jones. <laughs> right. Like Just Mac Jones is a good it's, it's a good game manager. Right where Davis Mills, he was. I think he was more capable of making those big plays. Right. I mean, I think he's a better arm talent, better athlete. You line him up to Mac Jones on everything. I bet you all his metrics. Like I'm, I'm taking Davis Mills, man. And if you had to redo the draft, Mac Jones is okay on the Patriots. He did what he needed to do with that defense playing well in the run game. But like, miss me with every single share of Mac Jones, bro. He is just not my cup of tea <laughs> at all. No, I, I hear you there, man. Especially for fantasy. Um, all right, no. especially with that offense. That offense is going to be so run heavy this year. All right, so yeah. you you have a similar pick, a related pick for your last one, for your last value on underdog. Let me hear it. I do. So, like I said, it, it's a big love fest, a bunch of bro hugs, right? Uh, Matthew Stafford. Okay. We saw what he did last year. It's not surprising. Like, since he's came into the league, I'd say maybe Aaron Rodgers, Pat Mahomes, John, like, there's Herbie. He's probably top five arm talent in the league, and he's been doing it longer. Maybe they're not Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but he's been doing it longer than all of them. Like, he was Pat Mahomes before Pat Mahomes, obviously not as athletic, but he was making those throws, those no look, that sidearm, you know what I'm saying, 60-yard bombs. Like, Matthew Stafford has had elite arm talent since he's been in the league, and two times. Two times he's fed triple count most yards by any receiver. Obviously, Megatron kind of it's kind of cheat code. Um, you know what I'm saying? But Matthew Stafford, underdog ADP 93.5. Okay. So my man is going super deep. Russ Wilson's 77. Dak Prescott's 85. Tom Brady 78. Okay, I'm taking Stafford over all those dudes. Okay, so that's maximum value for me. You know why? Who has a better shot at throwing for the most yards in the NFL this year? Probably Stafford and Justin Herbert. Like, those are the main two dudes that are probably going to leave the league in passing. And I'm getting Stafford that late, 93.5 on underdog right now. Like, please, man, you're stealing. And it, it hurts me to say this because I love Josh Allen. He was on every single one of my teams last year. I reached for him in the late third, fourth on every, everywhere, 
right? And it paid dividends, obviously. But this year, I'm not going to have any shares of JA because he's going too early. And there's so much value late at QB. They always say, wait on QB. Like this year, you really do. You got Russ, you got Dak, and you got Tom Brady all going and like past the sixth, seventh round. Like it, it, it's kind of, you just can't do it, man. And that hurts me because I love having <clears throat> elite quarterbacks on my squad. But it's like, I'm waiting, I'm stacking my chips, and I'm taking Matthew Stafford super late because the value is just screaming at you. That's a good point, man. This is a year to wait for quarterbacks. And Matt Stafford, you know, going that late, going to QB 12, um, you know, the most consistent quarterback last year uh, in terms of fantasy points was Matt Stafford. Um, he, 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 he was solid. Like, he didn't have this huge ceiling. Uh, but he was giving you, like, that solid game almost every single week. Like, yeah, you know, he had a couple pick six games and stuff like that, you know. But for the most part, he was getting it done. Uh, but, you know, for me, I have ranked as, as my QB 7 this year i think he he improves a little bit with with uh alan robinson coming in i think he's gonna throw 40 touchdowns this year man easily again um and you know in that system first year he did it so second year i think he's gonna get even better um so i think he's gonna be able to do his thing i'm as my qb7 you're drafting him as a qb12 um so he's definitely somebody that you know if you're waiting on quarterback as you should unless you know some of these elite guys josh allen lamar jackson uh jalen hurts drop a little bit you know, you want to snag him, I get it. But, you know, if you don't, don't panic because you can get a guy like Matt Stafford. Don't panic. Now, I just want to throw in a bonus real quick. Now, I'm just talking quarterbacks. This is not my third guy. Uh, but, you know, you, you think about a guy like, okay, shit. Like, I, I, I just, like, I whiffed on quarterback. Like, James Winston, right? Like, James Winston's going. I'm just looking at it right now, dude. James Winston is going as the QB 20. 20. Yeah. ADP of 157. Like, that's like, what is that, the 14th round? Something like that. So, like, that's that's a serious value right there, man. Like, like, like he's going to do his thing. Like, last year, he had a five-touchdown game in a run-heavy offense. He had, he had a he – had, he had, did he have a couple, like, multi, like crazy touchdown games? And, and you know, he – I think he had that one preseason he threw for, like, three or four. Right, right. And, and, and that was the – um, like, oh, Callaway's the dude. That was the Marquez Callaway trade. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I think trade because Smitty traded me all his fab for Marquez Callaway preseason. Uh, it was hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I was like, hell yeah, man, I'll take it. You know, I, I, and yeah. I like Marquez Callaway. That's why I drafted him in, like, in leagues, but whatever. Like, you know, it didn't work out. But it's but so let me crazy. Ask you this. If you wait and you punt on Jameis, legit, you're going to tell me you're going to be able to sleep comfortable at night? Yeah, because of, you know, all the value that you're getting. Like, listen, I don't sweat quarterback, especially in a one-quarterback league. I don't sweat it yeah. at all. Like, I'm perfectly fine, like, taking – you know, because at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is that there are going to be guys on the waiver wire, right, that you can kind of stream. And what ends up happening every single year is there ends up being a quarterback that you didn't expect to do their thing, and they're on the waiver wire. And you can pick them up week one, week two, week three, you know, and then they can either be the guy that you keep – or be the guy that you stream for a week or two, and then you just pick up another guy. Like in a ten or twelve team league, you like you know, even in a twelve team league, like you can stream quarterbacks, and you'll be fine. You know, um, oh, your roster you know, better be nice though. <clears throat> was that? I said your roster better be nice though. Yeah, for sure. The thing is, like with quarterbacks, like there's not a huge differential. Like especially if you play with like four, you know, four touchdown passing, you know, scoring. Like there's not a huge differential between like you know the quarterback like. 
eight and like the quarterback like 16. There's, there's really not a huge differential there. So, you know, I'm not sweating it. It's just a couple points. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that real quick. Like since we're talking values here and like, you know, if you do end up whiffing on, on, on a quarterback, I think Jameis Winston's a solid one. Even in a two quarterback league, you know, Jameis Winston, if you whiff on the QB2, you know, I'm okay taking Jameis Winston as my QB2 if you're getting all that value underneath. Uh, but just make sure you get your QB3 there too. But anyway, all right, I'm, I'm going to move on. That was a little bonus one. Right there. That's my it's my three A. Uh but my three B is Dalton Schultz. And you know, he listen, I'm not sure if I would like I guess value is the right word here, but you know, he's being drafted as a tight end six. Uh, but like and that right there, I think the ranking is okay. Like I'm not mad at the ranking. Um I have him as my tight end four uh over George Kittle. Okay, if you see my tight end ranks over on Instagram, you can go check those out. Like I have my tight end, my wide receiver, my running back, and my quarterback ranks out there. My big board is coming out tomorrow. So by the time you listen to this, my big board is probably up on my Instagram. Uh, but the tight end six, like I'm not mad at that at all. But the six, seven turn, I feel like that right there is like a solid spot to grab them. And there are very solid wide receivers going around that spot, and I get it. Like, if you prefer to just, you know, grab those wide receivers who are going to kill it, I'm totally fine with that. But the reason why I like Dalton Schultz there is because of the differentiator in terms of, like, position scarcity, number one. And number two, the fact that, like, if you're – what I like to do is I like to look at um, differentiators at the position. So, you know, if – the difference between Dalton Schultz and the next tight end is like more than three, four, five, six points. Like that is a huge difference compared to, you know, the wide receiver three that you're taking at that spot and like you're the next wide receiver three, right? Because like to be honest with you, it's probably just like less than a point or one point or two points. It's not a huge differentiator. So the, the if the point differentiate the point differential between like the tight ends is is significant. In this case, I think it will be because like you know you got like the top six tight ends or so, and then after that, dude, there's a it's a it's a dip right there, right? It's a pretty significant dip, I think. So without Amari Cooper there, with Michael Gallup, you know Michael Gallup had his surgery. His ACL surgery, like, mid-February. <laughs> so, like, you know, I don't know why he waited. Some were speculating that he might have torn his MCL, too. It hasn't been reported that he tore his MCL, but, you know, a lot of people are like, why would he wait that long? And, and a lot of times that you wait that long because your MCL was torn and you have to wait for the swelling to come down, all that kind of stuff. But he might miss a few games early in the year, and it's seeming, seemingly that's going to be the case. where he'll, he'll miss a few games at the beginning of the year. Um, and then he might not be himself until the middle of the season at the earliest. So you're looking at a season where without Amari Cooper, with Michael Gallup banged up, you got D- you got CeeDee Lamb and you got Dalton Schultz. And Dalton Schultz already finished as like, where, where, where did he finish? Tight end five last year? Yeah, he was a tight end five last year. And that was with Amari there, right? And that was with Gallup in and out, right? So, you know, he Dak was targeting Schultz like crazy last year. So, um He's like the last set it and forget it type of tight end, in my opinion, like in drafts this year. And if I can get that at the six, seven turn, uh, I think I'm pretty happy. Another bro hug. Like, oh, you, you too, huh? Oh, man. Bro, you know, we, we should have talked about this before. Okay. I'm saying like, <laughs> okay, so let me ask you this. Dallas Goddard or Dalton Schultz? I, I'm going Dalton Schultz. And, and, and the reason why I'm going Dalton, Schultz, uh, Dalton Schultz is because I think Goddard took a hit with the A.J. Brown uh, move. 
right? I love, I'm a big fan of Goddard. I don't know if you saw me last year. I was pumping up Goddard like crazy, dude. Uh, I'm a big fan of Goddard, you know, when Zach Ertz moved out the way. Because, like, it was literally, like, him and Devontae Smith, right, last year. And that was it, right? And there were times where he was the primary target. Um, in a lot of games last year where he was getting like 50% target share. Like it was just that the, the offense was so run heavy last year, you know, once the, you know, he was the guy that he was getting 50% target share, but it only amounted to like eight targets because they threw the ball 16 times. <laughs> right. So, you know, that, that's the part that sucked. Um, but now with AJ Brown, I think it's going to be him eating first, like by far, you know, then it's going to be Devonte Smith and Dallas Goddard. And, and if, they don't go super pass heavy. I'm a little afraid that, you know, he might not be as good as a guy like Dalton Schultz. But listen, in terms of talent, like I'm a Goddard guy, right? I don't think Schultz is like this super talented guy. I think this is more about opportunity and the fact that Dak loves targeting him. I got I got I got Schultz over Goddard too. In the most recent dynasty draft, I got sniped on Schultz and I ended up settling for Goddard. And I've been trying to trade for Schultz ever since. Um, because of everything that you mentioned, right? Uh, everything aligns perfectly. And my man is just like, nothing about him is sexy, right? We didn't see him make one really athletic catch. My True. man gets to the spot, turns a field, gets 11. He'll get a, cu- a little bit of yak, but like he's where he needs to be. And, and the Cowboys, I think, were what, top three to five in pass attempts in the league yes. last year? Very like, pass heavy. Just volume with no other options. Like broke down perfectly. I do want to add an honorable mention, though, since we are on tight end. And we are talking about ultimate dumpster diving with your boy Jameis. Let's let's hang out with his teammate, Taysom Hill, who you could take probably free. And he's that Swiss Army knife you can slot in your tight end position. You don't think he's going to get any RPO red zone carries? You don't think he's going to maybe throw the ball a little bit? You don't think he's going to run some routes? Like, my man could be the cheat code this year. Nobody's talking about him. And I think Taysom Hill could be sneaky uh, sneaky value this year at the tight end when, when you're dumpster diving. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like at, at the end of drafts, like why not go for a guy like that? Right. Like, you know, he was a Swiss army knife in the past, right. That you were able to play a quarterback in like the tight end position. Right. Um, so, you know, there was definitely some, some value there before. That's a good point, man. Like, I think, you know, when you're so late in drafts, instead of taking a shot on some random like wide receiver, you know, who doesn't even have that much upside, just go for a guy like that. That totally makes sense. Whether you have a tight end or not, it doesn't matter, yeah. right? You just yeah. you're just trying to get as much value as you can late in drafts. All right, so all right, so those are all of our values. Uh, so let's go ahead into the segment that you are bringing. Let's do it. All right, peeps. So I was in the lab a little bit, and I was thinking about a couple ways where we can gauge where our boy Faraz is with some of his players. Okay. So I brewed up a couple little options. We're going to call this segment cash or trash, okay? So if Faraz is feeling the first player out of the two, he's going to cash that, okay? We're going to get to a point to where eventually we're going to be at a place where he's either going to rock with that number one player or he likes someone else over that, and we're going to be trashing that first option. So, Mr. Upperhand, um, first two players up, cash or trash, we got Dalvin Cook, and bro mix. Yo, man. Um, listen, I, I have I have uh, Dalvin Cook ranked above Joe Mixon, but I, I really like Joe Mixon too. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cash Dalvin Cook. I'm gonna do it. Okay, because I remember you you know you said I'm a Joe Mixon truther. Look, I'm a little lower on mix this year. 
Um, there, there's really no metric that that kind of adds to that argument. Um, I loved him last year. I loved him the year when he burned everyone before that, right? I was out, now I'm back in, and I got value last year. But, like, there's just something about, like, I don't know, man. My man, my man is always on the floor, right? He's always <laughs> coming up gimpy. Like, in my last bit, I'm like, man, get up. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you always laying down? They don't use him <laughs> in the passing game nearly as much. I think it was like 28 yeah. the targets. Um, Sucks. High-powered offense, better O-line. I, I get it. Um, but I'm, I'm riding with you with Dalvin. Now, next up, cash or trash? Dalvin or everyone's 2022 darling, DeAndre Swift? I'm going Dalvin still. I'm cashing Dalvin. I'm trashing DeAndre. I'm cool with it. Even in full PPR leagues, I'm doing it. I mean, look, the next one. Oh, actually, this is a good one because this dude's getting slept on. I could have wrote about him as values too. But let's talk about the wide receiver one in Green Bay, Aaron Jones. You got Dalvin or Aaron Jones? I got Dalvin too. I got Dalvin. I'm, Ooh, I'm, okay. Listen, I have Dalvin as my RB6, I think. I think that's where I got him right now. Um, and listen, the guys that you're mentioning, like I would love to have those guys on my team, right? Aaron Jones, like you said, wide receiver one, right? You know, in games without Devonta, he's absolutely eaten. Um, and I do think that Aaron Jones is going to absolutely kill it this year. He's going to be – I think he might lead the team in targets this year. Um, easily can see 80 receptions if he stays healthy. So I, lo- I love I love where he's at. Same thing with DeAndre Swift. You can easily see 80 receptions this year. The dude can see 100 receptions this year <laughs> to be at DeAndre Swift. I mean, he's like the De- closest top to CMC, no? Yeah, man. Like DeAndre Swift is somebody – you know, and he got bigger too apparently. Like he, he came into camp a little uh, – you know, OTA is a little bit bigger, which is, which is cool. Um, he bulked up a little bit. But – yeah, I mean, you know, he he him and Fournette were averaging, you know, the the highest targets per game last year, you know, before he got hurt, uh before Swift got hurt. So, it's a situation where like, you know, he can p- come in and pull the Alvin Kamara, you know, out of nowhere. It could definitely happen. Um but, you know, I'm going with a guy like Dalvin just because, you know, I and by the way, like there is risk associated with Dalvin. Like the, his shoulder injuries are concerning. You you know, he can he continues to dislocate his shoulder continues to hurt it he was in a harness for a couple games last year it's not ideal um he did say that his shoulders feeling the best it's ever felt coming into this year uh coming into otas which is whatever it's good take that with a grain of salt but like you know his role the offense is good you know he's explosive right like that's the thing about him right like he's one of the most explosive running backs in the nfl he could take any play to the house at any point um and you know he's going to be involved in in every asset of the game. Like he's going to be on aspect of the game. He's going to be involved, you know, in the receiving game a ton. You know, he's their clear goal line guy. So you know, I'm just hoping that he stays healthy. That's the main thing with him. Yeah, I think he had what the most the most runs over 10, 10 plus yards. I think last year. I don't know. Yeah. If that, that's an actual stat. It is. Um, are you concerned at all about the new OC, the new offense, um, anything like that? No, I, I like it actually because the fact that like they're going to be running a ton of, of eleven personnel is really really good for Dalvin Cook, you know, because we're not going to see any any um, we're not going to see any any stacked boxes this year, 
you know, uh, KJ Osborne is going to be on the field a ton, which is good. He was off the field a lot last year. Um, but the fact that 11 personnel is going to be like a like an installed package at all times, I'm happy about that. And the fact that they were using Dalvin as, as, as a wide receiver uh, at OTAs too, he's getting some extra work there. That would be welcome because he was only getting like four targets per game last year. Uh, but I'm hoping that, you know, with him like, you know, continuing to hopefully stay healthy, that he can get a, a, a little bit more of a bump, you know, in the receiving game this year. I think that he really shines there, and I'm hoping that he could do his thing. He was he was pretty inefficient last year in in all aspects of the game, uh, but I do think it was just a down year for him, and he, he'll be able to bounce back. That was that was that was the dude, bro. Okay, so next up, out of the receiver position, cash or trash, first two players, Da or Stephon Diggs. Um, I'm cashing Stefan, man. I'm cashing Stefan Diggs, man. I have, I have Stefan Diggs ranked pretty high. Um, I think I have, if I'm not mistaken, I might have Devonte Adams ranked like one spot above Stefan Diggs. I got to check. But like, if you put me on the spot here, I think I'm going Stefan Diggs and you know, Devonte Adams, I love the guy, right? He's a better wide receiver than Stefan Diggs. You know, Stefan Diggs is a, is a beast though, right? Obviously one of the best route runners in the league, but I think last year was just a down year for for Stephon Diggs. He had like a ton of end zone targets. He was near the top of the league in end zone targets last year. Not red zone targets, but end zone targets. And out of all of those, he only ended up with like, I think he had like 18 end zone targets. He ended up with like three touchdowns out of those end zone targets, like or four. Like it was very low, very low hit rate. So I think that just bounces back this year. I think he's going to be bananas. I think he's going to do what he did the previous year. Uh, and I think, you know, the market is on that as well. I mean, he's being drafted very early, so I totally understand it. And, and I and I, and I I agree with that because I do think on the offense that is pretty fast-paced, uh, pretty very extremely pass-heavy uh, with Josh Allen doing his thing, I think as, you know, with Diggs as the clear wide receiver one, the target funnel, um, I think he's going to bounce back this year in a big way. I mean, look, dark horse for overall wide receiver one this year. You know, I think some people got him lined up for that and definitely in the range of outcomes. All right, we got – okay, so if you're taking DA over Diggs, I'm assuming you're taking these next two. Uh, you're not taking these next two over Diggs. So let me go DA, CD Lamb. Cash or trash? Um, <laughs> you know what's funny, man? Like you ask me these questions and I'm like now considering changing my rankings. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Devontae Adams here. Um, you know, I do think that he is going to eat first, you know, in that offense in, in Vegas. The thing is like anyone who knows me knows I'm not a big fan of Derek Carr and I I don't have confidence that Derek Carr is going to be able to, to, to do his thing and be able to like give Adams exactly what he needs. You know, um, I'm hoping that, you know, he gives Devonta his 160 targets, you know, the targets that he deserves, but you know, is Derek Carr going to be the nice guy and hook his boy up, Renfro, hook up Waller a little bit? You know, it's possible, you know, and I won't put anything past that dude, you know, to just mess things up as he's <laughs> always had for fantasy, right? So uh, Raiders fans, you know, hate me for this, right? I always, I'm always trashing Derek Carr. Like put it, do a cash or trash with Derek Carr. He's, he's in the garbage <laughs> for me. I'll Honestly, trash the whole way down. <laughs> just, no, like, just, just. <laughs> but like, CD Lamb, like, like yeah. you just mentioned, like 
dark horse, Diggs being a dark horse for the wide receiver one, overall wide receiver one. I think CeeDee Lamb is a dark horse for the overall wide receiver one this year. Um, just because of the, you know, the same things I mentioned when I was talking about Dalton Schultz, you know, with, with Amari Cooper out, and on top of that, like CeeDee Lamb taking a step forward in terms of talent, in terms of skill level, you know, him playing on the outside more, playing, you know, going deep more and all that kind of stuff. I feel like, this could be an insane year for CeeDee Lamb, and I think he has insane upside. But I do think that Devonta Adams is a little bit of a safer pick there. Um, and, you know, he obviously has the upside too. So I'm going I'm going Devonta Adams just, just by a hair there. Okay, and, and so here's the thing, man. Like, I take a lot of flack too because I bash Derek Carr very heavily as well. <laughs> um, I call him Kirk, Kirk Cousins' cousin. Okay, like they're the same player to me. <laughs> and, and everyone wants to, to be like, yo, Derek Carr's nice. They're, I'm like, he's not nice, man. He's okay. You know, he does everything okay. And, right. you know, that's that's the concern with DA, right? He, he's not going to walk into 15-plus touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers and him, that connection, I think they had something that come out like 60 or 70% of the passing plays were all designed for DA. Like the dude was the only yeah. weapon Aaron Rodgers looked to go to. And their connection – like you can't you can't replace that, and I know you're, no. you're lower on on Pat Mahomes this year because he lost Tyreek. Like that chemistry and that ability to scramble and make a move and know exactly what your guy is gonna do, that takes time, man, and that just doesn't happen overnight. And that saps value out of both of those players because you're losing that. So you can miss me with Derek Carr. Da still a dog. I think talent, you know, apples to apples, he is the most talented receiver in the league, but. You still need a QB to get you the rock, man, and like that. So who are you taking, man? Who you, who are you taking? Like who are you taking between Devonta Adams and Diggs? I taking Diggs. Okay, and who are you taking between Devonta Cash or Trash? Devonta Adams or CD Lamb? Da Cash. Okay, okay, okay. So, so so same thing. Okay, I thought you you, you might go CD there too because you so, know so look, I was it, super high on CD, but I have my yeah. concerns. I know we talked about everything that aligns with him, his talent, pedigree. We've seen flashes, but can my man really do it? From the outside, that's my number one concern. And I feel like he he takes plays off, man. He might be a little too sexy, right? A little too prima donnish. I don't know if he's a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like you need to kind of have that DA dog in you. Like I'm gonna beat you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna catch this ball over you. I don't care what it is because I'm better than you. I don't yeah. know if CD has that in him. Um, but like we've seen flashes, right? With the opportunity, like it does it does get there. But can he do it on the outside? Can he score enough touchdowns? And, and does he really have that dog? That's my main concern with CD. But everything else, man, he's he's sexy, bro. Like you walk by the aisle and you're doing one of these, you know, the, with those memes where you're with your girl and you're looking back. You know, you're looking at CD. <laughs> it's you know true. It's so true. It's true. He's, uh, it's true. I mean, I, I I love CD just for his draft day clip where his girl's trying to take his phone away, <laughs> and he's just like, funny. "Yo, just do, he's just like, yo, don't do that. Give me my no. phone back. Thank you." Seriously. <laughs> all right yo i think i think we got we're gonna end it here man uh joe thank you so much for joining dude like guys if you, if you don't follow fantasy flojo on instagram please go ahead and do that you you know you obviously saw in this podcast the guy knows his stuff uh he puts out some good content so so just reach out to him hit him up in the dms too let him know that you know uh you 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 first saw him here on the upper hand fantasy podcast um and and and, and you and you want to dig out his content so Thank you, bro. I appreciate it, man. Um, and if you anything you want to say, you know, to the people before we leave. Yo, man, I mean, look, I'm if anyone should be appreciative, it's me, man. So I, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, we we've gotten down a little bit in the past, you know, minimally, but I feel like we've always had good chemistry, nice vibe. Like you're you're cool as shit. We're both we're both dads, we both have two daughters, like they're similar ages. So, you know, we're we're both uh 
you know, getting a little older in the hair too. So, you know, yeah, you can see that gray. Things. I got that light coming right here. So you can really yeah. see the grays coming in. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, just keep it fake tight, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? I say, I'm trying, dude. I'm trying, man. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate right, you, good. man. And I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, the season and, and continuing to do big things. So, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I appreciate it, man. All right. Th thank you, everybody, for watching, for listening, all that. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. Uh, and, you know, if you want to reach out to us, I'm at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram. And that's Fantasy Flow Joe. Okay, guys. Take it easy. See ya.